Welcome to another week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band, where we talk about two artists whose names sound similar, but the music sounds very different. This week we're talking about Randy Newman Chester Orchestra. I'm Jared. I'm Dax. Caleb. It's Tyler. What a day we have for you today. I can feel a hot one coming on right now. Oh, boy. Hey, that's all you need right there. We'll start here with Mr. Randy Newman, known for his performance in Disney and other films, and also songs from the 70s that are a little bit controversial, perhaps. Wacky, perhaps. Oh, wacky. Just a little wacky bit. Wacky tobacky, perhaps. Yes. Hey. Mm. So this was uh, the the pick of Dax, so... Actually, no. No. Oh, no, it was your pick. I it? picked... So I picked this because I wanted to talk about Manchester Orchestra, but... But yeah. I knew that Dax, has been, Dax was very excited to talk about Randy Newman. He's been begging... Jonesing. Pleading. Let us talk about Randy Newman. I love Randy Newman so much. He is simply the best. No, it's Tina Turner. Hey, there yeah. it is. Around? Looks like you stole a catchphrase. Oh, yeah. That's... Wow. What can you do? Not. Not be a thief. Yeah. Maybe Don't just plagiarize people maybe like just, that. Yeah, he got plagiarized, and now he's hurting. It hurts. It hurts your pride. Actually, it made me feel pretty good about it. Shut myself. up, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, Randy Newman. Dax, tell us why you think that he is the best around, So, and no one's ever going to bring him down. He comes from a family of film composers. His uncles are famous film composers. Uh, collectively, his family has the most, I think it's Academy Awards, uh, of any family. They are just the best. He has some satirical stuff, which we'll talk about, which some people, uh, it was controversial a bit, but mostly well-regarded. And then his film work, he did the music for most of Pixar, Yes, that's true. How can you? What What's better than that? Um, shut your mouth. I'm going to cut your mic if you try to talk bad about Randy Newman. I don't. I'm not talking bad about him. Good. I have to unfortunately talk all right about him. <laughs> you he's got have couple, to. He's got a song. It's called Dayton, Ohio. That's mm-hmm. very good. And um, I love Dayton. It's a very cool place. So you know, <laughs> respect to that man. Writing a whole song about that wonderful city. Yeah. That song's pretty popular. He also has right a song now. about I, I Love L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody cares about that. Mm-hmm. People love L.A. L.A. suck. No, they don't. He people, does. People pretend to like L.A. It's just cool to like L.A. Yeah. L.A. sucks. It's also cool to like short people, apparently. Yes. Yeah. What's up with that? Pretty good stuff. It's it's a good... Do you want to play that song? Sure. How does Randy Newman quantify short? I'd like to know, like, at what point he's being offensive to someone. Five feet. Five feet? Yep. Anyone below five foot? Well, five five, actually. Let's bump it up a so little bit. So he wants oh, to, wow. anyone who's shorter than the average human being. Yeah. That is his first does it include song children? that, that yes. charted. Really? It got to number two in the U.S. That's number crazy. Two? His first, well, it's not his first single. 70, 1977 it came out. But none of his other songs that he had released up to that point had had charted on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. <laughs> number two is high. Number two, that's yeah, pretty good. It's a good song. Can I, can I ask a um, a question about the human body? Okay, it's actually his only hit. He's a one hit wonder. Go no, ahead. you cannot ask you cannot about ask the human one. body. Jared has a fact first. Jared, okay. I already said it. Jared, 
It's your turn to interrupt with a fact. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, body part and stuff. Um, can you have small eyes? Because I mean, no. like, you don't have little teeth either. What's up with that? Yeah, like these are clearly fictional. Babies people. have little teeth. People have little teeth. Who? Just people in general. I don't think that There's your tooth people. size is associated with your height size. Yeah, it's not necessarily. And I don't think the eye thing, like pr- pretty much just eyes, just. Yeah, I just think that like. What about short people with big old heads? If you're if you're doing Ooh. anatomy, oh dear. you know, I, th- I think he kind of messed up in terms of anatomy. We're kind of saying that he's he's scientifically inaccurate and therefore yes. invalid. I, your choice is. Yeah. Randy Newman's dumb. It's he clearly didn't read choice. a book. He didn't read a book. Man didn't read books. Obviously, he's never read a book in his life. Doesn't know nothing about short people. He was gonna wrote a song about short people. Don't know a damn thing about it. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't sit down and do any research no. before he wrote that short people song. No it's almost like starting a podcast, doing almost no research, and just trying to pull from straws. Yeah, who'd do such a thing? I just okay. So I'm not a big fan of Randy Newman. I had a, yeah. I struggled. You to, chose not to. I chose not to what? Like Randy Newman. Because, I don't know that I chose to not like Dax him. Does, Dax likes him so much. Anything that, that I like, Caleb dislikes. Oh, that, this is a whole circle, though, because anything mm. that I like, Jared dislikes. No, that's not true. I like yeah. idols. All things I like, everybody likes. I got good taste. No. no. Y'all suck. No. Y'all suck no. a lot. No. It's not as though I just dislike it because of Dax. Okay. One, I understand that he has music outside of soundtracks. Yes. But that's... We've played two, pre- uh, a song of it, and yes. he's got good songs. Some of those songs are good. I don't... I don't find them particularly interesting, personally. Mm. Like, I just, from what I have listened to Randy Newman up to this point in time, I just don't find him that interesting. He has an entire song about Electric Light Orchestra and how they're the best band. They're not, though. So once again, he's a liar. I like, he showed me that song earlier this week. I thought it was a great song. I like that. You song like yellow? I liked his homage to yellow. Do you like yellow? That answered the question asked. I like the song. I like the hits. I do like those hits. Mm. I like those hits. Mm. Randy Newman's okay. He's got some stuff. I'd like the tune. I like that tune. I like short people. Don't like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I think it's. But fun. I like. I like. I like the musical part of I it. I like the sat the satire of. I like his comedic stuff. He's got a song about Vladimir Putin. That's a good song. There you I go. love Putin that song. Putin his pants on. That's that one, I, that one how I can many, get behind a little bit. How many songs can we play? Can we just play a bunch of things? Because you no. got to like... Yeah, you better choose wisely, but Yeah, choose wisely. Yeah. Should we play Putin? What do you think? Listen, I don't know. I have... I have. I mean, we... we he did the music for James and the Giant Peach. Yep. yep. Love that. The I love that movie. Dance. I watched that movie a couple weeks ago. It was not as good as I thought it would be. Didn't hold really? Up. Cats Don't Dance. James. Yeah. Huh. It's like one of those cult cartoon classics that like didn't do very well financially it's like a throwback to like old hollywood and i thought it would be way better but it's it the one that great. has like the evil shirley temple yes right? yep yeah. yep i think uh michael j fox is a voice in there if i remember right hmm. which is fun that he would be in a movie about cats because his last name is a fox hey, hilarious <laughs> a fox is not a it's a canine you know that right <laughs> their best friends are cats haven't Ooh. you ever seen those movies no hmm. cat dog they're friends. No. What? They have to be. They have no other option, Jared. Anyways, do you want to play Putin? Sure. Just to have no. an idea of what Just kind play, of... Play yeah. the Putin. Play, play Putin. Play Putin. I don't mean to make this a common theme, but I'm going to take a guess and say he did not do any research on Putin's hat size. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I, I, think, he he I think he did. Yeah, that's the deal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. Number nine is that. It's pretty large. It's a big, it's a big hat. Number nine. Number nine is a big hat. I think uh, I wear a size seven. Yeah. You I have know, a big head. No, you wear bigger than a no, seven. No, it's a seven. Then you wear tiny hats for your head size. I might. Because I'm like seven and three quarter. 
And I got a big head too. I have no idea what my hat size is. Well, so, I also want to know if he spent. Did he spend some time with Putin to see if he really puts his pants on that way? No, he just saw that uh, picture of Putin shirtless, and he was like, "Oh, that's that's a song." So yeah. he doesn't know how he puts on his pants. He imagined. Maybe I'm thinking he might put them on just both legs. He puts them on, then he hops up, Ooh, uh, like jump. He's pants. ready to go for a jump. Day. I think jump, he has puts a bear on. do it for him. Oh, that makes sense. So he too. doesn't put his pants on. Is that is that racist? A bear, the Russian bear thing. Does I don't, that account as race? Is that some sort of I don't appropriation? Know. Speaking of racism, yeah. Speaking and of potential racism, racism <laughs> what? Let's hear about the song Rednecks. Yeah, I was gonna. Uh, what do gonna, we think about Rednecks? Or should we play this? Let's play it. Let's play that bit, and then we'll 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 discuss. I don't think we should really have much of an opinion, <clears throat> but uh, here we go. We talk real funny down here. We drink too much. We laugh. It just seems perhaps problematic from two ends, mm. truly. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Go on. Well, he's not very nice to rednecks in this song. No, that's the point. That's the whole point of the song. They may perhaps be short. Oh, God. Mm. Would uh, you get off the short thing, please? <laughs> Anyways, Goodness. so it's not super... It's not super appropriate towards rednecks, so I'm sure they probably didn't like the song. I understand that's the point. I'm just saying. And then, of course... There is perhaps a little bit of language that's thrown in mm. that could be maybe a little problematic. I don't know. It's 1974. It's a different time. It was a different time. It was a different time. And he's singing from the perspective of rednecks who would just throw around that word. That's fair. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I'm a dummy. That's, yeah, that's the whole song. He's telling yeah. a story. It's their story. Right. And it's, a bad, it's a bad story. Their story sucks. Their story does suck. Dax, earlier this week, and I'll I'll say it and we'll see... He said Randy Newman is the only white person that can get away with saying the N-word. He said one of the only. One of the only. And I said that uh, Bob Dylan did it in the song Hurricane. And I think that he did it in the same vein of potential appropriateness because he was saying it from the perspective of the idea of it being bad. It's you know, kind of like, like when <clears throat> you're reading the book To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Mm. Yes, Harper yeah. Lee. Yes. She dead now, I think. She is dead now. So me and Dax spoke about this briefly, and I still don't think that I agree. Hmm. I personally, which, you know, probably shouldn't be super surprising, not a big fan of his voice. Oh, yeah. And he said that it doesn't matter. Well, well how can that not matter? It It matters, but for the context of that kind of singer songwriter thing like i feel like if you don't have a great voice you should have really good songwriting sure and if you do then the voice matters less so i agree with both of you on those two fronts but so like people said that bob dylan didn't have a great voice but he is one of the greatest songwriters that's ever lived so it does not matter his voice and so it's the same kind of thing with randy newman i don't think randy newman actually i know is not he's not as good of a songwriter as Bob Dylan is, but he writes different kind of songs. I think of Randy Newman in the same kind of vein as uh, like Jim Croce or uh, Harry Chapin. Is that is that right? What Harry Chapin is that his name? It's Chopin. Chopin. No, it's. <laughs> Hold on. Are you talking about Harry Nielsen? I'm glad you got my someone got my joke. Thank you. Well, Cats in the Cradle guy, right? Cat Stevens. Yeah, that's Cats in the Cradle guy. Because he wrote, um, I think he wrote a sequel to that song. Yeah, he wrote a sequel. Did you know that? No. He wrote a sequel to Cats in the Cradle. It's 
pretty mm. pretty interesting. Um, and then yeah, uh, who did you say before? Harry Nielsen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's got probably he's, like around the same uh, same kind of stylings of of uh, Randy Newman. Everybody's talking. Dax, would you like to speak about that? Harry Nielsen released an album with Randy Newman. Randy Newman on piano. Oh. And uh, Nielsen singing called Nielsen Sings Newman. And it's all Randy Newman songs sung by Harry Nielsen. That is great. I will admit, I do find his songwriting compelling for the most part. I do think that the songs that he writes, I, I, I do certainly agree he's not on Bob Dylan's level no, as no. a songwriter by any means. But I do think that the songwriting is compelling enough that it does justify the fact that he's not a thrilling listen. And, and honestly, I find him kind of obnoxious to listen to. Voice like vocally, not yeah. It is kind of non Disney though. I think I don't think his Disney stuff is is obnoxious. I think he's maybe he's not hamming it up like you would think he would for a kids movie, right? You know, so it's interesting that he was kind of toned down in the songs he wrote, and a lot of the songs he writes for movies he doesn't sing too. That's he true. Writes and other people perform. Did he write well, when somebody loved me from Toy Story two? Yep, he wrote that song. Sarah McLaughlin performed. Yep. That's a good eye song. I hate right that there. song. Oh man! In all Toy Story movies, it's in those commercials with the animals. No, not that song. Yes, you're talking. No, it's also when in somebody the... loved me is on that animal no. song. Yeah, not on this. Not on the one you're thinking of. Oh my god! That's Find that true. commercial, Caleb. Find please. It, Caleb. While we're talking, I, I want. I want to hear it. If when I hear it and I see, loved me. yeah, everything was beautiful. Yeah, uh-huh. every hour we spent together. Yeah, lives within my heart. Yeah, that's on a commercial. That was it. It's on a commercial. We'll find it. I really like from Toy Story Four. Um, I can't let you throw yourself away. Mm-hmm. Did did you did you ever you didn't see that movie? Did you did you see Toy Story Four, Tyler? How recent was that? Uh, last like a couple years like, ago. Yeah, a couple within no. the last couple years. Yeah, no, I didn't. See I it. saw it in the theater, and it was really good. It was very. It was a fitting end, assuming that it is the end. Although I do not know. Everybody thought that Toy Story Three would be the end. I, I think Toy Story Three was a better end. But yeah, I think so too. Oh. I love I love four. I just loved it. I but seen I, it, so I, I can't I, speak speak too much. I've grown up watching. I grew up watching Toy Story. I watched mm-hmm. one all the time on video, yeah. and then when two came out, I had it on VHS, and I just watched the shit out of that mm-hmm. thing. And uh, I love Toy Story. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world. And so I was happy when they came back for three. And I was like, it was. I agree with you both. It is a. It was a good fitting end. But I'm glad that it wasn't the end because what I enjoyed out of four was worth it. So that's what I'm mm. thinking. All I'm finding is the Toy Story 2 clip. Mm. I'm telling you, it's in one. Did you type bastard. in commercial? I typed in dog commercial. Oh, uh, dog commercial. Tyler's going to look for it now. Yeah, he's hunting. Prove us wrong. Um, but yeah, I liked, uh, I like a lot of the things he's done soundtrack-wise. And I feel like his career is defined by that at, that po- at this point. Yeah. Which mostly because I think the younger generation obviously isn't seeking out an older Randy Newman. Well, and so what they're familiar with, like you don't hear. They, actually, they are because we're doing this episode. We are a younger. We were a younger generation in 1995 when Toy Story came out, and he had already, you know, he'd done the movie, and then we had followed from there. And like Finding Nemo, he did, which like you know, I'm just kind of thinking of my age and when I realized Randy Newman. Did yeah. he do Finding Nemo? I don't know. Maybe it was Alan Minken. I don't know. He did Finding Nemo. Yeah, I thought so. It was a part of the the compilation thing. I saw he did earlier. do it. I saw it. Or I saw it here. Um, he also did a Bug's Life. Yeah, I love the Bug's Life stuff. That stuff's good. Princess Although, and the Frog was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought that was Doctor John. Or maybe he didn't. <clears throat> Princess oh and the gosh. Frog wasn't Pixar. No, he's done other no, things other than Pixar. It. Maybe he didn't do Finding Nemo. It said he had done Finding Nemo when I was looking at the. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He did Sea Biscuit. What a weird Oh, It's a weird one. His cousin worked on He also with him. did music for Meet the Parents. Weird. What I was saying was is the majority of listeners don't switch from, hey, I'm going to listen to the soundtrack to Toy Story and then say, let me seek out the rest of Randy Newman's discography. Possibly. Yeah, probably not. So people are going to be more familiar at this point in time with his more recent things, which is his very, very popular soundtracks Mm -hmm. and his very distinctive songs from like toy story and so it it, you know i wouldn't have sat down and said man i really like that you've got a friend in me song 
let me go see if he's got songs about Vladimir Putin. Yeah. So. Uh, Vladimir Putin came out in. Uh, 17. Was it 17? Yes. Yeah, but Caleb's, Caleb's point is, and I spoke to him about this yesterday, is when you're so well known for making these soundtracks, it's difficult for anyone to get past that. Because when they think of Randy Newman, they think of the guy who did the soundtracks for Toy Story and all of these things. And they just say that's think that's what he did yeah and that's the stuff that they think about and listen to it's like people don't we already know people don't like really dig deeper anymore when it comes to some of this stuff yeah. people listen to some big popular song and that's it i think a good example really quickly is um portugal the man mm-hmm. that huge song that everyone likes that sounds nothing like what portugal the man sounded like prior to that and they had like two or three albums before that that were way different and I was aware of them. Not, I'm not trying to be, you know, that guy, but I had heard of them prior to that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And when that song came out, I'm like, "What is happening?" And now everyone wants to talk to me about Portugal the Man. I'm like, "You don't even know Portugal the Man." That's true. So, you know, I, I'm the same way. I hadn't, I knew about them like because they had pretty highly uh, reviewed albums from Alternative Press when mm-hmm. I grew up reading that magazine. But I never liked their music from that time period. And then it's funny because they just kind of like toured the crap out of all their music and then put out that song and it became the biggest hit of the year or whatever. And I was like, I like the song more than the old stuff, but most people aren't that way. Right. I love the idea of Dax being that guy, but with Randy Newman, like Mm. someone comes up and they're like, Hey, I really like that toy story soundtrack. He's like, you don't know nothing about Randy Newman. You don't even know. I've known Randy. Yeah. Like had did, but when did you first start listening to Randy Newman, Dax? Um, like, That's a good question. When did you realize Randy Newman as the artist and not the soundtrack guy? I mean, it was before the 2017 album. Well, I would hope so. I remember so. when that came out. I don't yeah. remember when it was. Mm. Okay. What's the first Randy Newman song you ever heard? You've got a freaking, you're a freaking liar. You're such yeah. a liar. You're <laughs> gotta fake. Be. It's got to be. The kid's a phony. I watched his whole, I was like a year His old. whole Randy Newman love session is based off of the soundtrack it's based off of toy story i mean it's the same thing for me but of the non-soundtrack stuff I, i'm mm. sure that the first song i remember is short people because mm-hmm. yep. i like comedy songs growing up like we love weird al yeah, as everyone true. knows it's true and people like that i would go look for parody songs and bob and tom stuff and all that and that is a parody like it's a comedy parody tune right that in my mind it is kind of you know all i'm so. saying is pillars of sand Pillars of Sand. I don't know what that means. The, the foundation of his love for Randy oh, Newman is built on Pillars of Sand. That makes sense. Yeah, that's good. So are we ready to are we ready to transition, or do we have any more about old Randy Newman? I mean, we didn't talk about his quarantine song. I think that's pretty fun. Mm. You don't want to talk about that? I didn't really like it, honestly. Ooh. It's called Stay Away. Stay Away. Uh, do you want to play it? Sure. This is a song I wrote for uh, public radio. Uh they want me to do a public service announcement to stay away and stay six feet away and wash your hands. So I wrote a song instead. And people are saying it's the greatest song uh, ever written or that they've heard. Uh, a that? lot of people are saying it. Uh, I'm not. It's, it's they who are saying it. Ladies <laughs> in sweatpants, that's who you are. And when this mess is over, I'll buy you a car And we'll drive that car So fast and so far All your stupid friends Will be far away Stay away from me so good people are saying it's the best song it's ever best it sounds a little written. bit he sounds a little a little bit like someone else i know someone who holds the highest office in the land oh yeah he also uh you must like some ragtime if you like randy newman all of his choruses are like ragtime piano yeah. bits and also his vocal delivery in the choruses reminded me a little bit of john prine oh the way that he would deliver yeah also, Randy Newman seems like the kind of person that would just sit down at a piano and make a song up 
which I respect yeah. him for. Mm-hmm. That's a Family Guy did a thing like that. Oh yeah, I forgot. About, I wanted to bring that up. You want to play that? Yeah. It's uh, so there. Fat old husband, walking Noah. What what is the context? Uh, it's so it's an episode where the they think the apocalypse has come, and all the the Griffin family are in a car and they're trying to drive to this Twinkie factory where they're going to live because Twinkies can supposedly you know outlast they, yeah, a global expire, apocalypse. Yes. So they're trying to get this giant Twinkie factory, and on the way they stop they stop at like a like a mom and pop shop here in this little valley area with the orchard and everything and. This is what happens when they get there. Oh, Peter, we found a new home. What are you talking about? We're going to Natick. For what? A Twinkie factory that might not even exist anymore? She's right. Besides, this place is paradise. Sure is. Except for Randy Newman. Randy Newman? Yep. Just sits there all night and day, singing about what he sees. Fat man with his kids and dog. Drove in through the morning fog. Hey there, Rover. Come on over. Wow, it's nice to have music while we eat. Red-headed lady, reaching for an apple. Gonna take a bite. Nope, nope. She gonna breathe on it first. Wipes it on her blouse. She takes a bite, chews it once, twice, three times, four times, stops. The lava working, takes a long, hard look at Randy. Five times, fat old husband walking over. Let's get the hell out of here. Even they can't stand Randy Newman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be paradise for me. If you could have Randy Newman soundtrack your life in that that way, would you do it? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, you're a weird person. Are you ready to transition uh, to Manchester Orchestra? I think we might be. So, here's what I will tell you. Often, the preparation for Good Band, Bad Band involves listening to a minimum of five songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Manchester Orchestra have, in total, five albums. And therefore, I have not listened to five songs, but five albums in preparation oh my. For, for Manchester Orchestra. What an overachiever. Mm-hmm. Trying to make everyone else look like no. they suck. Uh, no, no, I would not do that. I would not have had to have done it because I have listened to each of Manchester Orchestra's albums many times. Five before. times at least. At least. Um, <laughs> I've listened to each album five times, all five albums. Um, I would say, I think it was maybe in... 2009, let's see, so that album, um, Mean Everything to Nothing, came out in 2009, and at that time of that release, somebody at a church camp showed me the music video for I've Got Friends, and from there, I came home from church camp, and I sought out Manchester Orchestra, and for the next, I would say, probably maybe three years, they were like my favorite band. So I am a big fan of Manchester Orchestra. I've mm-hmm. been a big fan of them for a very long time. Um, but returning to them, I can see that some of their music doesn't stand up as well as it did when I was younger. Hmm. Not all of it. Um, yeah, I mean, if you go through five albums, it's difficult to say that every single song is going to end up being good. I would say vast majority-wise, their music is still very good. But there are definitely some songs that are kind of duds. But like 
they get so like this is probably not surprising but like a pitchfork uh-huh. doesn't like them at all oh that's that is kind of surprising though. i think they're good yeah they they're i they, feel like they'd be good for like critic people you would think so but really they're not like they're not big in terms of the critical eye and i don't mm. really think that they're that popular at no. all no oh like, really you wouldn't think so no like you mean you're talking about in listenership yeah like billboard right? stuff really? they don't hit chart well i'm not that talking much. this i don't know i unlike you i don't let that relegate my my popularity I mean, it should definitely inform that, but I don't, I mean, it's kind of universal. I don't think they have a huge fan base and I don't think that they, I mean, they definitely don't have like, you know, commercial success. Hmm. They they tried to have them though, because in the summer of 2011, they went on tour with Blink-182 and My Chemical Romance for part of the 2011 Honda Civic Tour. I don't like What them. a strange thing. Honda to, Civic Tour. Yeah. I don't like them anymore. Um, why, I don't think that the fans overlap that much. No. no. I went, Well, okay. I do think that there was uh, a decent amount of uh, pop-punk sensibilities mm. in Manchester Orchestra. But uh, they're also <clears throat> often uh, waylaid with Lots of indie type stuff. Yep. And even a little bit of grunge. Yeah, a little bit of grunge. And um, I, I don't know, some more uh, melodic type things that are just kind of what you've heard before. I don't know. I told Caleb yesterday, I never listened to Manchester Orchestra. This is why I'm kind of surprised because I knew a lot of people who listened to Manchester Orchestra mm-hmm. and a lot of people who really liked Manchester Orchestra. And I've heard ma- about Manchester Orchestra quite a bit. So I, and I've heard, I, I'm quite surprised to hear. That they're not as popular as I thought that they were, to be honest with you. They came to Fishers, Indiana, northeastern suburb of Indianapolis, a couple years ago. Fishers had like a, they've got like a little park with an amphitheater and they were bringing people. Like Houndmouth played there. I saw them for like 10 bucks or something. And Manchester Orchestra was there in August of like, I don't know, I think it was 2018. And I was surprised. I was like, man, Manchester Orchestra's coming to do this thing here. Like, that's kind of surprising, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe it wasn't that surprising. But I never really listened to them, and I've had people try to tell me to listen to them. And when I did listen to them, actually, a couple of weeks ago, the, my my buddy was like, just listen to this album, because he likes the, the, the album that you mentioned. I mean, everything did nothing. Yeah. So I started, and I was like, this sounds like music I would have liked, would have liked mm-hmm. previously, like when I was younger. Right. And not that I don't like it now. I'm just not on that train anymore, I guess you could say. I really enjoyed uh, stuff from the album Cope. I think the first thing I saw was or heard was I've Got Friends. I think it was probably a, I think it was like a featured song in some like alternative press magazine or something like that. And so I, I sought that out and listened to that. But I didn't really listen to the rest of the album that much of Mean Everything to Nothing. But it wasn't until, well, Simple Math, I knew the song Simple Math. That's a pretty good song. Um, but the first album I really got into of them was Cope came out in 2013 and I like a lot of stuff from that. I love the song Girl Harbor. I think that's my favorite song by them by far. It's a great song. song. Uh, Top Notch is a really good song. Every Stone is a really good song. And then obviously, uh, well not obvious, but Cope, the 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 single, well, is it the cl- oh yeah it is the closer I'm looking at the deluxe edition on Spotify of so course it's not, you are but I like I think Cope is a really good song too yeah there are definitely some very good songs off of that album and honestly because um, that album fits within the spectrum of the rest of their music pretty well however there's also the uh, album Hope which is effectively an entirely acoustic version of that in- that album Hope. I have Hope on vinyl and it's very very good. It's I've very rarely have I heard a version of the same album that was better than the original. Was. Fair. That's fair. It's like a whole reworking. I was uh I was trying to listen to some songs by Manchester Orchestra last night and I was saying, "Hey Google, play this song." And it would only play the Hope version and I was sad mm. cuz I wanted to hear the real version. It I is wanted, it is I the wanted real it, version in a way. Well, the original version. I wanted to hear to to hear the song cope when it was loud, right. not when it's not loud. Right. Speaking well, of Manchester Orchestra being loud, Jared, yes. I'm sure that we want to talk about this a little we bit. We do. Uh, we saw Manchester Orchestra live 
Yeah, it would have been would like, what, 14? Something like that? Probably 14 or 15. They're touring on Cope. It was 15. Yeah. You know? You yeah, know? I know. I remember you telling me about it. Oh, okay. So, 2015. That makes sense. So, we saw them, and they were so loud. I mean, it's an inside theater, but they were so loud that they blew the speakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, they had to fix the speakers in the middle of the concert. Yeah. And so they played what was it who was the the baseball player that they sang a song about? Uh probably Bronson Arroyo. It was it would have been a red player, right? Was it a red? I don't I, remember now. I thought it was a more famous baseball player. I I can't I don't remember who it was. They sang a song. It might have actually if I remember correctly, it might have been about Sammy Sosa and well, maybe about the cork bat incident. That well, that doesn't. That would have been way before that. That they wrote. Uh, they wrote a song about, and they made a song like uh, far past. I see. It. Well, that yeah, that Maybe. might be right. I know they sang a song about a baseball player. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that they were that loud, and like you wouldn't listen to their music and expect them to be as loud as they are. But I think it was Pride where they blew the speakers, which is a song off of Simple Math, mm. and that song you can hear is pretty heavy but not that heavy but they amp it up in live performances yeah it was a good show that's the loudest concert i think i've probably ever been to yeah surprisingly so who did do you remember who uh opened we've seen them open before and i always forget their was name. it brick and mortar yes was it really brick and mortar it was brick and mortar yes. oh they're an interesting band i've seen them a number of times yeah. in there they put on a show uh whether it's good or not is up for interpretation <laughs> yeah that's fair there you go why don't you play i've got friends since I, both of y'all were into that one in the beginning i've i haven't heard that song so you haven't heard i've got friends well maybe without knowing it but I, not knowingly it's the fourth song of I, I know five songs i know I do know that song. I just want to act like the unknowing. I don't know anything about him. It's just orchestra. I don't really know anything about him. It's just orchestra. It's good It's okay. So, I, always, uh, I always think that song sounds like something, but I never can figure out what it is. It's an odd song. It's. I swear it sounds like something, but it's just not close enough for me to get. Yeah. So Andy Hull is the lead vocalist of Manchester Orchestra, and he's a busy dude. He's a busy, busy dude. He um, collaborates with Kevin Devine uh, for Bad Books. Mm -hmm. He had a solo project called Right Away Great Captain Mm -hmm. that was not in any way, shape, or form popular. But as somebody who was a big fan of Manchester Orchestra, of course, I sought out a lot of things that were Andy Hull adjacent. Um, So I found Right Away Great Captain. And it's very um, folky. Mm-hmm. It's probably more in line of what like a Dax would listen to, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like I think that he would enjoy Right Away Great Captain quite a bit. Um he also since we've uh, talked about soundtracks so much, mm-hmm. you know, Randy yes. Randy Newman's not the only one who's done a soundtrack before. In fact, Andy Hull was on the soundtrack for a movie uh called Swiss Army Man. Yep. Which is a movie about um 
a guy finding, which is Paul Dano. Paul yes. Dano finds a dead body when he's stranded on an island. Uh, and he uses that dead body as a Swiss army knife where the dead body is able to like chop wood mm-hmm. and float in water like a boat. And like, yep. it's really weird. Farts a lot. There's a don't lot, lot of farts, farts going don't on. Don't ruin it. I haven't watched it. And I want to watch it. There's a lot of farts going on in that movie. And exactly. you continue to ruin it. Daniel Ratcliffe is the body. Yes. Uh, by the way, that's very important. Yes, it is. You don't know that that's important because you've never seen Harry Potter, but I, it is important. I know it's important. Okay. I didn't have to. I just wanted to call you I out for never to. seeing Harry Potter. He's the Mark G- Mark Hamill of this generation. Yeah, well, all right. Okay. That's sad. That seems like an interesting <laughs> way to put that. But I don't think you're wrong. I think it's legitimate. I just think it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so he did the soundtrack for that film, which is odd. Like, it, it provides a good backdrop to the film. I it's think also it's- composed solely of vocals. With as many as 150 vocal tracks layered on top of another one. Another one. Another, another one. Another one. It was good. Uh, um, Daniel Radcliffe said that it should have been not nominated for an Academy Award for its soundtrack. He I said thought he was very good. impressed with the film. Or I the, the film soundtrack. listen to what Harry Potter tells me about musical soundtracks. That's right. Uh, he also... He's no Elijah Wood. That's all I want to say. That's about. what I was getting ready to say. Oh, I, mean, I was thinking God. about that. I agree with you. Yeah. What? Daniel Radcliffe is no Elijah Wood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, actually, Elijah Wood is the Mark Hamill. Because he's yeah. a voice actor now. Yeah. It fits more. Let me tell you about Elijah Wood. Let's just briefly. I just want to let you know, the man is, is super cool. I used to hate him because I was like, Frodo sucks. Look at him. He's a little whimpery. Mm-hmm. Little, but you know what? He's not. Elijah Wood's very cool. He had yeah. a, a very similar uh, weirdo project to Swiss Army Man. Oh, really? Uh, being Wilfred. Yeah, Wilfred's awesome. I love that show. Yeah, it's very good. Oh my god, I love that show. It was so good. It's really good. Um, the other thing that Andy Hole was a part of, which I always find an interesting thing, is um, the Deer Hunters A Color Theory. Yes. Color Theory was a project that came out in, um, let me make sure that I get that right, I think it's 2011. Yes, 2011. So the Color Spectrum was an album by the Deer Hunter. He released... Um, a collection of EPs and each EP is associated with a color and he has kind of the mood of the color associated with the album. Mm -hmm. So like a blue would be kind of like water based and kind of, you know, cool and atmospheric. And then red, which is the album that, um, Andy Hole. Andy Hole is a part of I'm pretty sure it's red. Yeah, it's red. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah, so it's red. Yeah. So Andy Hole is a part of red, and it's a little bit more grungy and heavier, which makes sense. So so he was a part of that album as well. I've always been a really big fan of the color spectrum. That's a really, really good set of EPs. Uh, it's almost impossible to find on vinyl, unfortunately, mm. but I would love that collector's edition. But so Andy Hole Andy Hole is a very busy guy. Yes, he is. I uh I I've, I've seen Kevin Devine somewhere. He opened for something, I think. I can't oh, remember really? what it was. Yeah. Um Simple Math the album is a concept album. Did you know that? It's a story about a 23-year-old who questions everything from marriage to love to religion to sex and sometimes even for myself. This is what he said. It's difficult to decipher which one I'm actually talking to. Everything I've written in the past has been about those things. This album is the most realized form of my question. Well, that's the that was the major gripe that Pitchfork had with oh, Simple Math. Wasn't they, really, uh, they were like the concept is just Andy Hole writing music. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is kind of like, yeah, the concept is me and the way that I see the world. It's like that's called songwriting. Yeah, it's you know he wanted concept. he wanted it to be a solo project from the beginning. Did oh, you really? Read that? Yeah. So the. What he said about the band, he said uh, he was listening to a lot of Morrissey and the Smiths, and he said, so the city of Manchester really fascinated me, as did the idea of being the leader of an orchestra and having all my friends come into play. So he wanted to just, like, he be, like, what I'm saying, but he didn't want it to be a band. He wanted all these different people to come in. Yeah. I think he probably either couldn't get enough people to come. (laughs) Or just like the people that did show up enough yeah. to keep them as a band. Huh. I did not know that. That's an interesting fact that I've never known hmm. about Manchester Orchestra. How about that? It makes sense for the name then. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering about that. 
Did you read about their festival? Similar to the National, uh-huh. they have their own festival in, really? in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, called The Stuffing. And it's done uh, the day before Thanksgiving every year. I was going to say. Probably hey. not this year, unfortunately. We're st- this country stuffed. Yeah. Full of a damn disease. But uh, it started in 2010. And uh, in 2016, uh, the seventh year of the festival, they played I'm Like a Virgin Losing a Child, their debut album, in its yes. entirety to celebrate that album's 10-year anniversary. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They had a, they've had a few different... Uh, Dustin Kinsrew, the lead singer of Thrice, played at that festival, which I, I Thrice and Manchester Orchestra are similar. Actually, when did we see Manchester Orchestra with the front bottoms? Does no. that? I know they've toured together, we and I wanted to go them. again, like two last year, two years ago. The reason you think that, yeah, is because brick and mortar opened for front bottoms. Son of a bitch! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. I cannot remember who opened for Manchester or- Orchestra at that concert we saw. Somebody had to have. You think it is brick and mortar? You know, it, it is, is brick and mortar. Yeah. Anybody else? Nobody else? No. Well, how much? No, there was another smaller group, oh. but yeah, I, I don't remember, remember the name of the smaller group. So. Mm. Uh, Thrice was with Law Dispute. Oh, yeah. That's a good Ooh, show. that sounds right awesome right Yeah, there. I'd like to be able to go see a concert someday in my life again. <laughs> We're just all reminiscing on the idea. When yeah. did you see Thrice and Law Dispute? Uh, probably like 2016. No, yes. Well, they were touring on... Um, oh, no, it was 2000... Now, hold on. Let me make sure that I... Because they were touring on their new album that came out uh, with Black Honey, which was in 2000. Yeah, it was 16. Yeah, 16. it was 16. That's a good album right there. Yeah, To Be Everywhere is To Be Nowhere. Yeah, check um, out that album, everybody. I got a relatively relatively recently found love with Thrice. Really? So, yeah, when I went with Jared and Phil to the the new, what is it What is it now? What was it called? Uh, like Cause it's, Monster Energy Mayhem Festival yeah, or some, something yeah. weird like that. Because uh, the other, what was the other festival that basically they... They replaced with that warp tour. No, no, I don't know. Whatever. I can't Riot Fest. I think. Riot Fest. No, it wasn't Riot Fest. That's, That's Chicago. No, what is it then? Something. Some other thing they replaced. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Thrice was there, and they were the best band of all day, and mm-hmm. they really were awesome live. They're yeah. really good. They're very, were they really, mostly really playing their like alternative rock style music from today, or were they playing some of their a little like, bit of mixture of both? A yeah. little bit of mixture because they the, also had kind of like it's kind of like a post hardcore. Yeah. Yes. The early stuff. Yeah. It was absolutely yeah, a mixture, and then they allowed the songs to expand more, and they got in, and they so they kind of got some psych bits, and they released mm-hmm. because they kind of gave a little more room in the live setting. Yeah, it was like pretty good. Was I actually really good. saw Dustin Kinsrew do a solo thing at uh, Southgate House Revival. It's probably, uh-huh. other than seeing the Menzingers there twice, it is probably the best thing I've seen at um, Southgate because I love his solo stuff. Um, like his solo EP that came out, I really like that. And then I like his uh, his album as well. So, hey, Dustin, release another album, please. Yeah, yeah Dustin, get out there and make yeah. it. Remember so. when we saw Menzingers twice last year? Yeah. I do miss going to concerts. This is lame. <laughs> this is freaking lame, dude. This just sucks a lot. Yep. Well, on that concert note, yep. You know, let's uh, close up the old plug bag. Yep. Close it. Hey, don't oh, hold on. They now. were on. They were on Comedy Bang Bang Manchester oh, yeah. Orchestra. I'm glad you said that. That's right. That that's why I it. said it. Yeah, that makes sense. Can you remember? Did you figure out who they were on with? No, I couldn't find it. Uh, but if you if you like Comedy Bang Bang, a comedy podcast. Go find the episode that uh, Manchester Orchestra played on. They played, they played songs in between the the comedy bits, but they also were a part of the conversation of the comedy bits too. And they yeah. were charming. You know, like they sometimes were. rock bands are lame when they talk in real life. Like you like their music, but then you're like, I hate these human beings. Mm-hmm. But they they're like charming people. They have good comedic sensibilities. Pretty good band. There were five years that I listened to every episode of Comedy Bang Bang, and Wild. they had uh, multiple times brought in bands who would do that kind of thing. Manchester Orchestra at the time were like, you know, my one of my favorite bands. I was like, oh my god, I get to listen to Comedy Bang Bang and Manchester Orchestra. Yeah, pretty this wild. Is, this is too good. Uh, but I've discovered quite a bit of music that was that came from Comedy Bang Bang. So, yeah, podcasts are you know a good place to learn about music, guys. Yeah, who to thunk. Who do you think such a thing? Who do you think such a thing? So let's uh, start the vote. Manchester on the, Orchestra. Who, you vote Manchester Orchestra? All right. I was Caleb? I was going to say, I'll go first because it's obvious that I would pick Manchester Orchestra. Uh, but All right, Dax. Randy Newman. 
That's a tough one, really, guys. I think the I, I, I like Randy Newman. You stop that. Am- you stop that. Amazing. Don't I'm you, not here to say. Don't you sway me. So here's what I'm thinking is uh, I like Manchester Orchestra quite a bit, but I think that based on my childhood love of the music, it's got to be Randy Newman. He's, okay. he's iconic. He's mm-hmm. Hall of Fame worthy guy. This was the split that I expected. Yeah, yeah I was kind of thinking it would happen that way too. Yeah. So. What did uh what did the Patreon say? Uh, according to patreon.com slash record roundtable on our poll, Manchester Orchestra Ooh, takes this way. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band. Follow us on our various social media platforms. Patreon, check out that thing. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our website where we have articles and such. We have nice pictures of these episodes. Check those out. Save them to your computer and every week change it and make it your new uh, background. That's what we should do. And here's what will happen. We will not cite you for plagiarism. We will not give it to you. Next week we're talking about 30 seconds to Mars Volta. Goodbye. There's a South Park Randy Newman skit. Oh boy. Let's see what this is all about. I am now at 16,000 feet. You should see the cold darkness of it all. The isolation and yet awe of the sea's magnitude. I have now sunk deeper than any human has ever been before. Way out here in the ocean depth, going deep, deep, deep. Oh, hey, James Cameron. What the fuck? I've been diving in the deep, and I'm feeling so cheap. You son of a bitch, Newman! I hated that. Yeah, that was not good. That was not as good. That's getting cut. Yeah, definitely cut that. Dear editor, cut that. It was just suggested, and yeah. I was like, "All right, let's." I mean, see it, what's going I on see here, the I suggestion. I'm gonna leave it. No, you're not doing it. No, you don't. I'm gonna. Yeah. All right.